right meow. Right meow. And you'll know because the waveform will be a big oom. Uh, does it look like a cat? I wish. If I had the ability to, like, if I knew how to do that. Yeah, you just, I would. here. Wait, I can do it. Hold on. Ready? Yeah. <laughs> how much do you think I zoom in on the waveform that <laughs> it's like a second? Uh, it doesn't really look like a cat. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, that's shocking. Maybe like a bat. Okay. Well, it's Halloween, so that makes sense. That's true. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and... Oh, what's that? What's it? What, did you hear that? No. What was it? I think it was a ghost. <gasps> oh, my God. I think this show is now haunted for one week <laughs> until November's here, and then we're not going to be haunted anymore. Right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Welcome to Halloween Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly, the ghost. Wait, you were the ghost the whole time? Yes. I feel a little deceived. It's like the sixth sense. <gasps> Wait, you're the ghost? Oh, oh, you're the ghost. I okay. Was... Yeah. Well, we won't. I feel like it's not a spoiler because we were so vague and confusing that if you haven't seen the movie, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like it's a pop cultural thing, sort of like Luke Skywalker's father. Luke Skywalker's father, what? Uh, Mr. Skywalker. Please. <laughs> Mr. Skywalker was my father. <laughs> James Skywalker. <laughs> I say that like Luke is not a normal name. Yeah. So, Kelly, uh, l- this week is not nearly as dire news-wise as last week. It's a lot more uh, okay news. So do you want to just jump in for us? Sure. Um. So I don't know if you guys know me or know any video games that I enjoy. Um, There's this little series called Dragon Age that I'm a big fan of. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show before, but uh, I don't think so. I think we've I think we did this bit with the last bit of Dragon Age news. But anyway, it's, it's irregular enough that you're able to do it every time. That's true, and there is Dragon Age news this week, and that news is that Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which is the next Dragon Age game, is in alpha. Um, so that basically just means that the game is playable. It's like a full playable game right now. It needs to be tweaked and polished and changed. Um, but this means that it's pretty far along in development, which I think we knew, but knowing where exactly it is is nice. It kind yeah. of gives us a timeline of when the game might come out um, next year, uh, hopefully, if it's an alpha now. It's probably hopefully coming out next year. But this was uh, pretty exciting news because the development on this game has been real, like, mum's the word for a long time. We just recently got a bit of news, like, at the beginning of the summer, I want to say, about the title of the game and, and you know, the color is purple. Um so I'm very excited about this. Uh, I think this is promising. I think this means that we will definitely see it at uh, maybe the Game Awards. Um, even though we have we have already gotten sort of a cinematic trailer, I think it would be very nice to see an expanded cinematic trailer and maybe like a little bit of gameplay since it's in an alpha build. Um, just my thoughts. My inclination was to be like, I don't think it'll be at the Game Awards. I think it'll be at like E3 season because it won't be ready in time for the Game of War- game Awards. And then I'm like, oh, wait, Jeff loves to show like cinematic trailers that ultimately don't mean that much gameplay wise. So it's very possible. But just to say, I mean, that's a little under two months. Oh, that's less than two months away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, I'm excited for you. It's the thought that the game is playable start to finish, even if not, you know, polished, obviously. That's exciting. That means it's a real game. <laughs> like, it's coming for sure yes. this time. Yes. And they can't take it back. No take backsies. No take backsies. No anyway, take 
taxis. Um, speaking of coming, here's two people who are going away. Um, Sefton, Not your finest work. Yeah, I tried my best. <laughs> Sefton Hill and Jamie Walker, the co-founders of Rocksteady, who you may know as the Arkham developers, Batman Arkham Asylum City and Knight, and also the developers of the upcoming Suicide Squad video game, I should say. I thought that I'm sure that's implied. They're leaving Rocksteady. Uh, this is interesting. I think it's most confusing only because Suicide Squad is theoretically right around the corner. You'd expect them to wait till after release. I'm not going to read too much into it. I think it's, you know, good when creative people decide that they're not built that the company's not suiting their their needs anymore and they move on even if they are the founders that's you know you got to do what you got to do i do hope that this does not smell disaster for the upcoming suicide squad i don't know i don't want to be super i wouldn't be i wouldn't be pessimistic about it i mean when it's a big position like that it's it, a lot of turnover happens and it's not the end of the world, and I think it would be more alarming if it was like, um, I don't know, the the game director for Suicide Squad. I don't know if that's like the titles that these guys held, but it's also, I feel like Suicide Squad is far enough along in development, um, so much so that that these guys probably don't aren't doing a whole lot with it anymore. It's probably more in the hands of uh, QA people and... yeah. Not so much designers and big story people. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing is like, maybe they looked at like what happened with Gotham Knights that just came out and they weren't a fan of that game. And they kind of had a sense that Warner Brothers was going to shuffle them down that path sooner or later, you know, because they're still well known for their mostly single player adventure games. So it wouldn't have been that surprising if they were forced into a live service sort of model for their next game. Um, so you did play Gotham Knights, right, Kelly? I know you, you were telling me on the show constantly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Cannot wait for Gotham Knights. Yeah, you know me. I love that Tim, uh, Dick Tracy, D Tim, um, Barbara. Who's Tim Ryan? Batgirl. Oh, that's a, that's a political representative. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, who's Tim Ryan in the Batman universe? No, I actually know all of the Robins names, okay? It's it sounds Tim, like you didn't know them. It's Tim Drake and Jason Todd. He's not Robin, though. He's Red Hood. And uh, yeah, you know me. I love Gotham Knights. Big superhero person, big video uh, game, super, superhero video game person. I was waiting with bated breath for Gotham Knights to release, and then it did. And it was the best game I've ever played. Um, can't wait to do a deep dive on it next week. Uh, just kidding. I did not touch that game. <laughs> I've not even seen anything about that game other than that it's not that good. So what can I say? Nothing, apparently. I was just staring at you and I do not like responding. Nightwing. I think he is very pleasant to look at. I also think that um anyway. Are you doing to... a review of Gotham Knights right now, but it's just <laughs> you talking about how you feel about the characters in general? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. I'm done talking about Gotham Knights. Okay. Much like CD Projekt Red and Netflix are done making Edge Runners, um, <laughs> because there will not be a second season, which was confirmed by CD Projekt Red. Um, I don't think I was. I like. I wasn't really surprised. I still haven't watched this. I know you have, and you talked about it on the show, but I wasn't really surprised. It didn't seem like a two-season thing to me. No, it wouldn't have made plot sense, but. Also, they could have easily made it like anthology, like new set of characters in the cyberpunk world. But I'm glad they're not. I think this was a a fun little revitalization of the property, and it's okay to just let it be that and not this long-running thing. Because, um, you know, I, I love the series quite a bit, but also recognized it's not... I feel like it was getting a lot of attention for being, like, perfect, which it was not. So I think if they did a second season, they'd probably overextend themselves a bit i guess we'll never know but i'm glad that they did not overdo it you know yeah plus 
with the news that I mean we're getting this expansion and then we're getting a sequel to Cyberpunk it, it doesn't I don't know necessarily know that they want to like oversaturate yeah the universe well they want to they might not want to oversaturate the Cyberpunk universe but they might be on their way to oversaturating the Witcher universe as they have announced today time of recording which is October 26th they're making a remake of The Witcher the first game in Unreal Engine 5. Uh, this surprised me a lot. Um, we knew about these games. Um, like we knew about that roadmap. I wouldn't have guessed. That it was going to be a remake. Is that crazy? That I wouldn't have expected that? Um, No. I, I think it's interesting because. They obviously are trying to make The Witcher like a more robust, like play, play it all in one place kind of series instead of like this game is so old that it's not it's not good to look at and it's not fun to play anymore. Yeah, I mean, I no, I don't think anybody's gone back to The Witcher. But, but yeah, it is not really what I expected. But but now looking back on it with hindsight, it's like they announced all this new stuff. I guess maybe we shouldn't be surprised that some of them were remakes or at least one of them so far has been a remake because that was kind of an ambitious roadmap. Yep. I mean, if uh, we should have known the code name was Canis Majoris, which I know what that means. Big and dog. Is that actually what it means? No. Oh, I, it's a star. They're all named after stars. Right. Well, this is Canis Majoris. That's what we know. Here, let me look up what it means. Oops. Kelly is doing research to find out what the Witcher remake's code name means. She's using up a lot of our time. No, um, I'm not. The spookiest part of this Halloween special is the amount of time. Greater, do greater dog. <laughs> That's funny. It's like, this is the dog being the Witcher, but now it's greater. Big dog. I, so I was right. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I guess it's just my thing is, is like, is the next gen version of Witcher three going to come out before this? Because it's, then it's like, what if I wanted to play one, two and three? Then it's like, well, let me play three again and then I'll go back to one once the remake comes out and then I'll play two, which is going to look like garbage after I play the remake. It's the Unreal 5 remake. It's like, what's the there's no chronological consistency here, you guys. I mean, yes, the Witcher three current gen patch will come out before this i assume this is way off right so it's like what are we it's, doing here i don't know maybe i don't know maybe they have the witcher 2 remake like way down the pipe as well maybe but at it's that point they're like, also making witcher 4 i'm like are they just gonna go like release 3 1 4 2 that's what i'm five, saying there's no three. chronological consistency it's like if you want to tell the full story of Geralt of Rivia, um, it's going to get a bit confusing. But they know it's a big property. And, yeah. I, you know, obviously the Netflix show. Oh, yeah. Helps a lot. Um, I think it's going to be a while before you really, you know, see the fallout of this story come to fruition. Yeah. I guess it will be. But speaking of fallout... <laughs> I gave you, like, it was like I was running a marathon <laughs> and part, or not a marathon, a relay race, and I handed you the baton, and you turned around, and instead of running, looked at me and said, speaking of the baton. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fallout, the series, recently celebrated a 25-year anniversary. Um, very exciting. Came out in 1990. Five, seven, ninety-seven. Um, good, <laughs> sorry, good math. <laughs> I just was thinking of like when I was born, um, which was not nineteen ninety-five. It was like two hundred. I know, but BC. I was thinking, okay, you know what? Nobody needs to know my thought process. <laughs> the point is, is that there's like some fun anniversary stuff for Fallout seventy-six. There's like a new gun and like a little, um, like event I think going on, and um. Got some news about the Fallout live action Amazon show. 
um, not really new. It's just some concept art, which is kind of the same thing they did with the Silent Hill movie that we talked about last week. Um, just like storyboards and concept art, nothing really substantial, which is surprising because I feel like this Fallout show has been in production for a really long time. But yeah. um, they also announced, and this was probably the biggest news, the, the Fallout 4 is getting a next-gen update, or I'm sorry, a current-gen. I still think of it as next-gen, but it's a current-gen <laughs> We're almost at two years, but... Or version, um, and it's going to be free uh, for people who own the game. I think everything about that story makes sense, but the it being free is a pleasant little yeah, plus. I agree. I think Fallout 4 is... Um, I know a lot of people have opinions on Fallout 4. I think it's a great game. I don't have a big problem with it. I think the things that you don't like about it are easily ignorable. Um, don't think it has a great story, but it's fun to play. Yeah, and um, it'll be even more fun to play, presumably at 60 FPS and 4K. Yeah, and for free. And for, um, well, if you have the game. Well, yeah. Um, so that's that's a current gen that's happening. Not necessarily a remake. I know some people were sort of expecting maybe a Fallout 3 remake or a New Vegas remaster. or Because those games, um, for those who don't know, run like absolute hot garbage on almost <laughs> any system. Um, Fallout 3 is almost unplayable on PC. Uh, and Fallout New Vegas, coincidentally, is also almost unplayable on PC. So, <laughs> um, without mods, it it can be. It would have been nice for them to throw us a bone, but, uh, you know, we'll see. The well, whole year Kelly. is the twenty fifth anniversary, really. If you think about it, yeah. it's like celebrating a really long birthday. A really, really long birthday. Yeah. Kelly, speaking of bones. Um, there's going to be lots of bones. Wait, when was I speaking of bones? You said they should throw us a bone. Oh, okay. <laughs> I came up with that and then you kept talking and I was like, well, that's my transition. I have to well, use I it. Well, I said the word remake oh. to help you, but okay, go ahead. <laughs> speaking of bones. Speaking of remakes. <laughs> Oops. It's Halloween. I went to the spooky thing. Um, last week we had that Silent Hill event and then right before, uh, Right before it, they announced there was also going to be a Resident Evil event, which is kind of funny. Um, so we we got to see that the day after the Silent Hill broadcast. Contained a little bit of information on the Rose DLC, just a new trailer. Um, some information on Resident Evil Village Mercenaries mode. Um, pretty niche stuff, but if you're interested, go look at that. And then they had a new, pretty extensive look at Resident Evil 4 Remake. We got some gameplay clips as well as a nice two-minute trailer that gave us a look at a lot of things we haven't seen before. We got to see the gorgeous graphics. We got to see some actual gameplay. We got to see a bunch of characters we hadn't seen yet, like Ada. We got to see Ashley more extensively. We got to see Lewis. We got to see a little bit of uh, Salazar, who looks something. He looks something. We got to see the troll man. Does that does that monster have a name? The troll? Um probably. Big troll. They always have names and you don't know them. Um you know. Yeah. Well, there was a lot to unpack here. For people who are like diehard Resident Evil 4 fans, there's tons of little differences to look at here. Lots of interesting new designs and stuff. For people who don't know it as well, it just looks like a really fun and cool game. Um, I've always been skeptical of the Resident Evil 4 remake existing because Resident Evil 4, 4 holds up real well. You know, like the 1, 2, 3 remakes make sense. Those games don't hold up. 4 holds up. But I don't care anymore because this looks amazing. <laughs> it looks real good. It does. It does look really good. Um, I thought particular standouts were the characters... I think they almost all of them look like really incredible. I like what they've done with Ada. She looks like a real human person now and not just like a James Bond villainess, um, yeah. even though that's kind of what she is. Um, I really like the change to Ashley. I think she looks a little bit more like a human being and not just like a a parody of like a like she looks girl. more 
adult to me now, which yeah. I like. Um, and Lewis, obviously. I, I think that's where the trailer really shined for me. I'm glad we got to see these characters. I was really excited to see Ada. I'm not going to lie. Um, but Salazar looked a little bit weird to me. I wasn't as sure. I wasn't as sold on that. But maybe. This is the most like drastic, I think. Yeah, and maybe it's just a bit more like, I don't want to say culturally sensitive because that doesn't really make sense. But if you look back at Salazar in like the original Resident Evil 4, um, there's just something, I don't know. He just looks a little bit more cartoonish. And now in this remake, he looks a little terrifying, less cartoonish, a little scarier and a little bit more like, um, I don't, I guess menacing is the right word. Yeah. Um, well, there's also like the cultural thing is accurate because like in the original game, they spoke like broken Mexican Spanish. And then in this, they're speaking Spanish from Spain. Which mm-hmm. is nice because it's set in Spain, and like yeah. that's that's a lot that makes me excited because more like, sense. Yeah, the attention to detail seems to be really cool, um, and I'm excited to play this game on March 24th. They also tease some like different story beats, especially with like Ashley. There's like a little tease at the end that doesn't really fit into the original game, and like I said, the original game's kind of perfect. So if they want to change things to make it interesting, I'm down, and I think this might. This is, we'll talk about it obviously in our most anticipated games of 2022 video or uh, podcast. What'd I say? 2023. 2022. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, that, that games of 2023 preview is coming way quicker than we might expect, but I'm excited to talk about that and I'm real excited to play it in March. Um, it's going to be really great. I'm excited too. So we should probably keep the spooky train rolling though. And also maybe the Resident Evil train. But stop. Don't do anything, Kelly. Stop. Because. Stop. We have a very spooky word from our co-spooker. This episode is spooked by Sentry. A new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other uh, um, what's spooky for video games? Other video. Find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash PGH Century or go to their terrifying, horrifying website, smackcentury.gg, smakcentury.gg, to find out more info about attending or viewing their content. Boo! That got me. <laughs> I got got. <laughs> well, we had to keep that ad read spooky because I stopped being able to come up with funny words in the last half. Yeah, and I was no help at all. So you <laughs> emotionally supported me. Thank you. That's kind of what I'm here for. Yeah. Oh uh, well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> <laughs> What's sad about that? I don't know, Kelly. Tell me what you played. I played Resident Evil 3 Remake, and then I played Resident Evil 4 Original uh, this week to sort of round out my Resident Evil retrospective. Um, I'll talk about 3 first, since it's chronological. Um, I really enjoy uh, Resident Evil 3 Remake. I think it's very well done. It is so short. um, It almost feels criminal. (laughs) <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I don't know how much people paid for this game. Um, $60. It's really short. Uh, you can get it done in like five hours. But but, um, I think it's really well done in terms of like the way the levels have been redesigned. Um, I really enjoy Nemesis. I think he's a little bit more compelling than Mr. X just because Mr. X is kind of just like a big guy um, and he's just like following you and it's kind of like, why are you doing this? But Nemesis, it's like, nem- he's the nemesis, you know what I mean? He's the villain. He's stars. And the way that he evolves over the course of the game is interesting. I think in any other game, having to fight the same boss like six times, <clears throat> Elden Ring, you kind of might get a little bit like, <laughs> hello, I'm done fighting this guy. Um, but each nemesis 
fight felt a little bit different than the last, which I enjoy. Um, I don't think it has a compelling, as compelling a setting as two because RPD, like as we've talked about, is one of the best maps to ever do it. Um, and Resident Evil Three, you don't really focus on one specific area like that. Um, you do go to RPD very briefly, but you don't play in it. And then, or, and then you go to the hospital, which is kind of I, I liked the hospital. I thought it was um. It, it was a more interesting setting. I almost wish we stayed there a little bit longer. Um, yeah. And yeah, I didn't find the difficulty to be too much. I played on standard. Um, <laughs> I always get really insulted when I die. And then they're like, do you want to switch to assistant? And I'm like, I don't. I'm doing <laughs> fine. Okay. I just need to work at my resource management a little bit better. <laughs> um, but yeah. And, and like, obviously the story has not changed too much um i find jill to be a lot more compelling obviously she has a face and a voice and it's just it's based on she's like modeled after a real person now um which i think helps to make her a little bit more compelling than jill from resident evil one which is technically the last time we saw her um i enjoy carlos oh we're here we're here at the carlos the Carlos destination. And that is all I'm going to say. Kelly, you've been building up the <laughs> Carlos discussion for weeks. You have to talk about it more. Um, I'm just trying to subvert expectations here. Okay. I no, I like I like Carlos a lot. Um <laughs> I found him to be fun to play. I think he's got a great design. Um Deep breaths. I think it's interesting that in 2 Remake, you sort of make your own path where you're like, okay, I'm going to play as Claire or like I'm going to play as Leon. But then eventually you probably end up playing both. Um, Resident Evil 3 does not give you a choice. Resident Evil 3 is like, you're going to play Jill for most of the game and then we're just going to like sprinkle in a little bit of Carlos, um, which was fine. I Like I said, I enjoyed playing Carlos. I think his uh, guns were more enjoyable to play. That sounds wrong. I to think wield. his, yeah, not play with, <laughs> wield. Um, I also like his sort of self-contained story with Jill. I think sometimes with Resident Evil, it's really there's so many side characters that it's really easy for things to get very convoluted, especially with characters like Leon who are in the who are in like a bunch of games. Um, so having just one character who's like really revolves around Jill's story was kind of nice. Um, yeah. And I like the ear. <laughs> I like uh, um, his uh, design. Like I said, <laughs> we don't have to get into it. Um, <laughs> I think you did when you started just giggling. I am very fond of Carlos. He is my favorite Resident Evil man. I wish that he was in more games. I would like to see him. But I also feel that way about Jill. I like her a lot. I wish she was in more games. Um, I do think that she was done a little bit dirty in Resident Evil 5. And I think it's weird that she is supposed to be, like, so involved in Chris's story. And yet she's really, like, barely there um, yeah. for most of his stories. So, like, wouldn't it make sense in Resident Evil 6, wouldn't it make sense for it to be her and Chris? Probably. Wouldn't it stand to reason that it wouldn't just be some new guy and that it would be a, an established relationship? Just throwing that out there. I know Resident Evil, oh, Jill was different. It it doesn't make sense. So all this to say, it got a bit jarring going from Resident Evil 3 remake to Resident Evil 4. um, Because Resident Evil 4, like we talked about earlier, it has aged really well. You can still play it and it's fine. Um, But just like the the story is so different in 4. It's really, I think big branching point for the franchise as a whole. Um, You're not contained. You're not contained in Raccoon City anymore or in the mountain, like in the mountains. I mean, you're kind of in the mountains, I guess, but (laughs) um, (laughs) it's a totally new location. It's a character we haven't seen since the second game. He's obviously a bit more world weary now. Um, Leon Leon's shift from sort of like a 
like, oh, I'm the new guy on the job. And two to like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to go rescue the president's daughter. I was just about to sing My Date with the President's Daughter, which is a Disney Channel original movie, and there's a song in it called that, but I'm not going to sing it because because I think it's a copywritten. Anyway. So do you really think that singing it would trigger the copyright? <laughs> no, because I think I would sing it so poorly that they would not recognize the song. And anyway... <laughs> As we've said, what do you think Resident, of Resident Evil Four. <laughs> Resident Evil has held up really, really. Resident Evil Four has held up really, really well. Um, many, many people consider it to be the best game in the series. I am of a similar mindset. Um, I think with the sort of quality of life changes that happen when the games get remade for current gen, it's going to be like. It's going to be so much fun to play. It's 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 going to be a lot more accessible. Um, I think the story of four is very interesting. And like I said, I think it opens the door for what we see later on in the series, which is like, you know, in five and, and, and six and, you know, eventually sort of comes back around to seven. I'm not, I don't, I'm not really counting the spinoff games. Like I'm, I didn't really count code Veronica or, or um, revelations or anything like that. I'm just sort of, I was just sort of going for the mainline series, but, um. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoy the characters as well in four. I don't feel as strongly attached to Leon and Ashley as I do to like Jill. Um, I love Leon, and I think that he gets better with. I think he ages like a fine wine. You do. I do. Um. But Ashley in the original is not altogether the most compelling character. They do not give her a lot. <laughs> get in that get in that get in that trash can. Go Go. Go. And it's like you're just putting this teenage girl in a dumpster so she doesn't get bitten by zombies. It's like sometimes it's very camp, which I think yeah. is when Resident Evil leans into the camp. It's so good. The games become good. When it takes itself too seriously, that's when it's like, all right, like just like relax, okay? We're 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 in we're in a zombie infested castle, okay? We don't have to be like, oh my god. <laughs> be like, get in the dumpster. Um but anyway. <laughs> I think that that is one thing that four four is like the best at being silly. Yeah, definitely. And then that's that's why they like overcorrected with five. We're not talking about five right now, but they like overcorrected with future entries in the series, which those entries are not as good. And four is great because it really leans in. And, you know, obviously I love Ada. I think she is a great addition to the series. Um, it's hard to talk about Resident Evil four because we were just talking about the remake and I just want to talk about the remake and how excited I am for it. Um, but I, I do think natural, though. Yeah, but I do think that if you go back and you play the original four, you do get a really nice, well-rounded experience. It's not like you're missing anything or it's not like you're playing an old game. It doesn't really feel like an old game. The inventory management is really fun. It's different um, than your typical game. I mean, if you've played any Resident Evil game, you kind of know inventory management is different. Um, and it's 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 just got things that the other games don't have like the merchant very interesting what's he doing why does he have that accent why is he buying and selling goods from us you know it's like <laughs> there are things in four that just aren't in the other entries that i wish were yeah um, i guess there is a merchant of sorts in like village and stuff but um maybe not as iconic as the merchant in resident evil 4 Nothing is. But all this to say, I'm very, very excited for the remake. And I think it would, something wild that they could do is to remake five also. <laughs> I mean, theoretically, that's the path they're going down, but I think that'll be a ways off, probably. I would just like to see Sheva. She is another one of the side characters that I really enjoy. 
who has been completely and totally sidelined, much like Carlos. My I mean, sweet, sweet, lovely, beautiful, we, we've handsome. We've moved on from Resident Evil 3. Carlos. We've moved on. <clears throat> we moved on. I've moved on. I'm Are done. Are you done with Carlos? I'm done. Okay. Are you done I'm with done. Resident Evil? I am done with Resident Evil. That sort of rounds out my my month of Resident Evil. Your retro, your res, your my retrospective is over. Retrospective. There you go. I kind of wish it wasn't. I would like to go back, and I would like to play like Seven and Village. Um, I might skip like five and six though. Just play them. Wow, that's great. That's great. I could just play a video game that I want to play. Yeah. Well, soon you'll be able to play Village in third person. That'd be fun. I would like to see Ethan just get, like, beat, eaten, killed. I think we should move on. <laughs> okay, sorry. This is nothing <laughs> against Ethan. I just, uh, I know. he's just got one of those faces. You know, I just want to bully him. He doesn't have a face. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is, like, noted, like, even in the games, in game renders, he is, like, his face is blurred out. Maybe I'm projecting. Don't we know yeah. what his face looks like? There's like art in some book that came out that like shows what he looks like, but not officially. Well, that's what I'm remarking on. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, okay. what did you play this week? Uh, this very spooky week. Uh, I also played Resident Evil 4. I have different thoughts, though, because I finished Resident Evil 4 VR. It took a lot of uh, willpower because I love the game, but playing VR for... An 11-hour runtime is really challenging. Um, but I loved it. If you haven't played Resident Evil 4 and you have access to a Quest 2, I would say this is probably the best way to play it if you're able to play like long sessions. It's a truly incredible version. I've talked about it before, but like the mechanics are just so, so fun in VR because you can like grab a gun off your hip pull ammo out, reload it physically, grab a knife off your chest, be holding the knife and the gun at the same time, like doing all this incredible stuff. And like 90% of it translated to VR so well. There's a couple things. Like if you kick an enemy after you shoot them in the head, it like cuts to a third person perspective for a second and then cuts back. And I'm like, you couldn't have figured out a way to make this like work in VR, but oh well. Um, but I loved it a lot. I'm not going to talk too much because I would just be reiterating a lot of what Kelly said, but this is the first time I finished Resident Evil 4, which is shameful. I know, I know. But I have finally finished Resident Evil 4. It was in VR, so it was an interesting way to experience that journey. Um. Anyway, uh, I also played a very spooky game per Kelly's request. Well, I guess sort of not request. You just talk about it a lot. And I figured it's spooky. Recommendation, yeah. I tried Dead by Daylight quite a bit. I played a number of matches. I didn't count. I played as the killer. I played as the survivor. I played um, a number of games. I won a couple. Not a lot. A couple. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know how much I can play. Because specifically playing as the survivor makes me so tense and terrified constantly. I'm like, I don't I don't know how much I can do this, you know? Like, I'm just waiting for the killer to appear around the corner and my heart's just pounding. And I feel like that'll make me die like 12 years earlier than I'd like to. <laughs> so I didn't play an excessive amount, but I really like the mechanics. I very much enjoy what was going on. I did get trolled upon. I was playing as the killer. Um... And it wasn't going my way. And then the survivors knew it wasn't going my way. And they knew it was my second game ever. So they just started teabagging me and running in circles around me while I failed to hit them. And it was really sad. And I didn't like it. Bullies. And it made me it made me shut the game off and not play for like a week. But I came back and I played some more. And I did end up winning as the killer and as the survivor. Because I was like, I can't say that I've played the game if I haven't won. So I won as the killer when I was like the bear trappy boy. And trapper? Then, That's trapper. hard. He has a really low he has a really low kill rate. He's actually known to be like one of the worst killers in the game. I have a feeling I may have been playing against some bots. Does is that a thing? 
I don't know. Um, they were the just tutorial. No, no, no. I played a real game. I mean, oh, okay, I then. I went online, so I thought yeah. I played a real game. They were real dumb. Like they were the opponents were not the wisest in the world. Like one of them was really smart, but the other three were kind of not great. So maybe it was their first game as well. Sounds like my games, but I've been playing for hundreds of hours. <laughs> You're saying you're really bad at it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also have one not so spooky big review, but I'm going to give uh, a quick note. It is October 26th right now that we are recording, meaning I know that Bayonetta 3 is out at time of like publishing. It's been out for a few days. I promise you I've been playing it. Just we recorded this before it came out. So please don't attack me. You'll get your review. It will be big. It will be exciting. I'll talk about it too much. Please. Next episode. Don't tease me. Kelly, we said last episode that we can't make that bit on this show. It's too late. I already did it. You did it. Um, you know what else was done? You know what else is too late? It's too late to apologize. Um because Mario and Rapids Sparks of Hope is out on Switch. It's out. I played it. I played it a lot. I almost finished the game. I didn't, but I almost. I'm 20 hours in. I'm on the second to last world, about halfway through it. So I feel like I'm allowed to give my review now, right? Yeah. If you're almost done with it, <laughs> I think you're uh, in the clear. I'm just going to spitball here a bunch of thoughts so this will not be organized well. Oh, well. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I think the visuals are extremely polished. They look really nice. I love the animations. I think that the characters all look really good. It kind of fixed some of the unpolished bits of the first game. Like the first game, there was some animation weirdness and like a lot more clipping. This one does not have as much of that going on. Still has some technical problems. Uh, the biggest one of, of all being loading. There's so much loading. This game loads a lot and it takes a long time and this feels almost like maybe this was supposed to be on like a switch pro or it was supposed to be next generation of switch because it is definitely chugging uh the frame rates usually fine though um i think the worlds are really well designed i wish the camera was pulled out more because it's right on your character's back so it's kind of hard to enjoy the worlds very much but they're still really well designed um the combat is super fun they changed it from grid base to like free form. So you still have limits on how far you can move and stuff, but you can like run in circles as long as you're in your your allotted amount of space. So I think that's kind of fun. It allows you to do certain moves and then move away uh, versus the first game where it was more like a chess game, you know, is a lot more similar to like Fire Emblem or something like that. Um, this game feels more action oriented, which does sacrifice a certain amount of like precision because it's no longer square grids it's like a circle meaning sometimes it's kind of hard to predict where your attacks are supposed to go how far you can reach and stuff like that whereas before it was like i can reach five blocks and that person's five blocks away now it's like well i'm in my circle and they're kind of far away can i reach them um i think this game started really strong i was having tons of fun i love the combat so much that i was doing everything i did everything in the first world i did a lot like the vast majority of the second world. And then I got to the third world. There are six in the game. And I was sort of just like, no, no, I wasn't feeling it, you know, because there's not really a lot of reward for doing all of the side content for approaching every battle. And I think that kind of takes away from the experience to a certain extent. Obviously there's the intrinsic value, the fun of playing uh, battles the fun of doing puzzles but the two rewards are experience which you get almost you get a tiny amount from non-story battles and then the other reward is like coins that you can spend on that planet at that world on special items but those special items are just like gun skins that don't change anything and then some lore bits and the other big collectible is the titular sparks from Sparks of Hope. Those are like rabid lumas from Mario Galaxy. Um, they give you like power-ups in battle and they, they allow you to do special moves as well as just power your character up in general as like a passive boost. 
And those add a lot of depth, sometimes too much, because like I have the game on the hardest difficulty and I'm still not having a very hard time because there's just so many options that I'm always able to kind of figure out how to take the enemy down without any real trouble. You know, there've been a couple battles that were really hard, specifically like the challenge battles from the first couple worlds gave me a lot of trouble, but in a fun way. Um, but the game won't challenge you very much unless you play on hard and maybe don't know this genre very well. Um, the other thing is like, I played so much side stuff in the beginning and I was like over leveled for some of it, but it's kind of hard to get over leveled because like I said, that side stuff doesn't level you up very much at all. Um, and I think the biggest disappointment in the game is the first game was a lot of Mario. I'd say it was like half Mario, half Rabbids. This game is like 15% Mario, 85% Rabbids, which I find to be disappointing because I like Mario and I don't care about the Rabbids. Um, they're still toned back. It is noticeable that they are very toned back, so you don't have to worry about, like, right in your ear all the time. <laughs> um, but it's still disappointing. I wish there was more Mario characters and more Mario enemies. But as it stands, besides the cast, like, I've only encountered Goombas and uh, Goombas and Toads, and that's about it. So, I don't know. Maybe, like, the ending will be Super Mario-like, and I, I'm speaking ahead of myself, but even if that's the case, the majority of the game was not very Mario-like. Um, but, you know, if you if this sounds interesting and you haven't played the first, I think the first has a little more charm to it and also is a little bit more straightforward. So start with that one. Plus, it's always on sale for like $8 for some reason because it's a Ubisoft product. So even though Mario's on it, it's $8 all the time. If it sounds interesting, definitely check it out. It's really fun. It's pretty funny um i think the first game is funnier because there's no voice acting and the voice acting does not help in this one um the voice acting's weird okay this is another nitpick i promise i like this game a lot like i played 20 <laughs> hours and not very long obviously i enjoy it but there's like a lot of weird nitpicks the voice acting there are two characters in the game that are fully voiced every line is voiced um Beepo and Genie, which are the two like Not robot Beepo. characters. Not Beepo. Beepo. Beepo is real annoying. I don't like the voice at all. Um, and oh boy, does that little robot got a lot to say. And then every other character has some voice acting. Like the rabid characters like don't talk during cutscenes, but then during combat they'll like have comments to say. Oh. So like you're playing as rabid peach and she'll just be like, whatever. And I'm like, what you can talk? And she'll be like, does anyone have a phone charger? And I'm like, can you just And then Rabid Mario, which is actually kind of funny, he does like an Italian accent, like <laughs> heavy. He's like, Oh, what are you doing over here? Oh, like, like New this. York Italian? Yeah, like New York Italian. Oh. It's very I guess silly. That makes sense because Mario's like a New York plumber. Yeah, but he's not like he's not like wahoo. He's like, Bleh! and I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> that is funny. Um, and then like characters that you meet in the world are voice acted, but they say like bits of their dialogue, if that makes sense. So like here, I'll make a reference point. Let's just say I'm reading the last line of the of the uh, ad read. The ad read says, "Find them on Twitch.tv." At Twitch, at twitch.tv backslash PGA Century, or go to their website smackcentury.gg to find out more info about attending or viewing their content. That's what you'd be seeing. But then on the, the carriage, will just be like, find them on Twitch. The website, attend. It's kind of like Persona. Like when but, you're not in, in like, when you're in like social link scenes and stuff, and they just right. would be like, huh. Except Persona has like a bank of like, things they can say that kind of fit what they're saying yeah this they like recorded segments of every line but That's not weird. the whole line that is and peculiar. it's and sometimes they say things that are like just different than what they're saying and it's really distracting like i'm trying to absorb everything and i'm like what just i wish there was no voice acting 
because I don't think it helps. But I do like the game. I like it. Um, it'll probably be like five dollars in two weeks because apparently Ubisoft loves to slash the price of these games. Um, I'm really excited for the Rayman DLC. Um, I'm hoping there's also like another DLC. I would be surprised if there was another DLC like on par with that Donkey Kong one from the first one besides the Rayman one. But that'd be really cool if there were two in this one instead of just one. Uh, but we'll see. Um, that's my review. I will be finishing the game, but I won't be talking about it on the show because by the time we're recording again, I will have Bayonetta 3 in my grubby little paws. And that is obviously the highest priority in my life right now. Um, but that was our spooky episode, Kelly. Can you stop? I'm getting scared. Can you stop? Kelly, 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 I'm scared. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Now Andrew's a ghost. Kelly scared me to death. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're listening to two ghosts right now. <laughs> wow. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this Halloween special of Talking Games with, um, Skelly. With Skelly and, uh, Ghoul Drew. Ghoul Drew. Skelly and Ghoul Drew. Can we go back and do the... Let's just start. Can we start over? Yeah. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Scaring Games with Skelly and Ghoul Drew. I'm Ghoul Drew. And I'm Skelly. Ooh. Whoa. So, Kelly, how about you get us started on the news? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, we have to record again, and that means you have no motivation, so it's just dead pan dragon age dread wolf went to alpha dead pan that's dead pretty good. Pan. that's pretty that's pretty good thanks anyway thanks everybody for listening we'll be back uh what would that be next week with another episode of talking games less spooky we promise if this one scared you i'm sorry i'm sorry for the scares happy happy <laughs> ghoulie halloween everybody bye